Who's qualified to answer our spiritual questions? We may find ourselves beginning our spiritual search with only questions and not have anyone to answer them. Or we may find lots of religious voices pretending to have the answers, but not believing them, not trusting them to be sure guides, sources of genuine wisdom, competent, honorable masters, or qualified teachers. Who do you turn to? We may have spiritual experiences such as seeing inner light, colors, stars, sparks, or a great bright light, or in the silence hearing a kind of ringing sound, a kind of sound in the silence, ringing in the distance, or perhaps we may have memories of such experiences when we were children at a very young age. If we remember these experiences and then eventually ask some religious authority, some religious authority, usually they will look at us funny, tell us it was nothing, dismiss our question, and tell us to move along. We may walk away feeling like a heretic or a weirdo and are not getting our questions addressed at all. But instead of having our curiosity crushed by the negative powers that be, telling us to go back to sleep, to forget, what if we instead learn of someone who would be happy to answer our questions, someone familiar with the inner landscape of mysticism, the world of inner space, is able to answer our questions and introduce to us new dimensions, new possibilities, whole new worlds to explore. It says in Young's literal translation of the Hebrew scriptures, the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, Cut off have been my people for lack of knowledge. Living ones, living teachers, living masters, living mystics. When we seek out and find a living teacher, when we honor the concept, the possibility of their being, living teachers, when we acknowledge the importance, the centrality of living teachers, living mystics, living sages, living masters with us in the world today. We are at the same time also honoring all living teachers and saints of the past, since that is, after all, what they once were, truth be told. They were not just characters in books. They were not beings made of ink and paper, living out their lives on pages of books, scrolls, or parchments. They once were living ones, incarnated souls, great souls, residing in physical bodies, assisting other souls during their day, assisting other souls long ago, during their time here on planet Earth. When we acknowledge living teachers, we are simultaneously honoring the reality of all those teachers of the ages of eons gone by. 
Sacred books falling from the sky did not create the world religions and spiritual paths. Sacred books falling from the sky did not create the world religions and spiritual paths. Before there was the book, there was the author of the book. Without living teachers, there would have never been a Torah, no noble truths, no eightfold path, no sermon on the mount, no golden rule, no sages to compose the Upanishads, no morning prayer or Japji of Guru Nanak, no Daudi Jing of Lao Tzu. If there was no master Shams of Tabriz, there would be no disciple by the name of Rumi. If there was no Swamiji Maharaj, no Tukaram, no Tulsi Sahib, no Maharishi Mehi, no Sawan Singh, no living masters, there would be no Sant Mat, no students, no initiates, no satsangs to attend, no school of spirituality, no clear and organized system of inner light and sound meditation called Surit Shabad Yoga to be initiated into, nobody to give the initiation, no one to expand anyone's horizons and awareness. The essential reason for having a spiritual teacher is not to worship the personality of the teacher, but to learn from them the methods of spiritual practice. The living teacher preserves the methods of meditation and passes that knowledge and experience on to the next generation. The living teacher, the Sant Sat Guru, is also the embodiment of those teachings, is the embodiment of those meditation techniques, something they experience themselves, making them the best ones to guide others into the same experiences of the light, the sound, and the heavenly regions. A good spiritual master also motivates his or her students to practice the meditation and lead an ethical life in the context of a spiritual community or satsang. Books alone isolated from a community of others would not be enough to motivate, to sustain spiritual practice or cultivate inner mystical experiences. Satsang implies others with us on this journey. Satsang inspires, teaches, motivates. And group meditation, spiritual retreats, or meditating with others helps to accelerate one's own inner experience. This is a passage I found recently from the Ramayana of Goswami Tulsi Das. The Ramayana is a great spiritual classic. Reasoning thus, be not angry, nor blame anyone in vain. Everyone is slumbering in the night of delusion. And while asleep, one sees dreams of various kinds. 
in this night of mundane existence. It is yogis or mystics alone who keep awake. Yogis who are in quest of the highest truth and remain aloof from the world, says Sant Tulsi Das. Without a master, all scriptures are like the whispering of ghosts. One of my favorite verses from Sant Tukarama of Maharashtra. This is from the Gospel of Thomas, a kind of gospel for contemplative souls. His disciples said to him, Twenty-four prophets have spoken in Israel, and they all spoke of you. They all predicted your coming, in other words. Yeshua replies, You have disregarded the living one who is in your presence and have spoken of the dead saying 52, Gospel of Thomas. From another translation, you've ignored the living one right in front of you, and you've talked about those who are dead. Saying 59, look to the living one as long as you live, otherwise you might die and then try to see the living one and you will be unable to see. What the living master shares with his or her students. This is from Dr. Jagasar Das, his commentary on the Bijak of Kabir, Kabir's hidden treasure of spirituality that we may uncover. The soul is never separated from God, but due to the distractions of the world and the various sense organs, and the mind. A person loses contact with God and suffers. With proper instruction and guidance, the person realizes the soul's unity with God and lives happily. Dr. Jagasar Das, always to be remembered. Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj. Saints and sages have unveiled all the mysteries of the spiritual journey and of self-realization in their discourses. All these techniques have been documented in different books. But without an accomplished teacher, we will not be able to grasp the correct technique of true knowledge. In the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna advises that for learning spiritual knowledge, we must seek help from an accomplished seer. Ask someone who sees if you wish to learn about sight. Ask a seer. Swami Sant Seviji, for learning spiritual knowledge, you should go to the one who is a seer. Pay your respect to him, serve him and question him, and express your desire for learning. Then he will fulfill your desire and answer your questions. Consider for a moment the nature of the knowledge you wish to learn. After high school, students think about the direction and choose a field of study, liberal arts, commerce, or science. If, for example, students want to learn liberal arts but go to a professor of science instead, 
Will this teacher have much to offer? The students must choose a professor proficient in the knowledge they wish to learn. In the same manner, if you want to acquire spiritual knowledge, you must go to a spiritually competent teacher. The appropriate spiritual teacher should be a person who has considered and discovered the realities of Atma, bondage and liberation, and who practices a spiritual path. Such a teacher must have attained direct experience of truth through spiritual disciplines, through their own meditation practice. This is the only kind of teacher you should take instruction from. The grace of the teacher is also necessary for success in the spiritual pursuit. When you have learned the methods of inner meditation, you should practice diligently. Moral rectitude is also quite essential in this spiritual pursuit. This is the seventh limb of yoga, dhyana or meditation, focus. When one has become completely established in meditation, then one attains samadhi or union, deep absorption in meditation, says Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj. This is Santji from The Light of Ajeb. So when you have not met the Master, when you don't know whether the Master has accepted you or not, how can you get any advantage from the Masters who were present in this world many years back? That is why everybody in this world, if he wants to do devotion, do devotion of God, and if he wants to get liberation from this painful world, has to go to the living master, the living Christ, and only after going into his refuge and getting guidance from him can he receive liberation. It is only people of the present time from whom we can take advantage. We can have justice only from the present ruler or king, only the present living doctor can cure our disease. Only the present husband or wife can produce children with us. King Chandragupta was a very strong king in India many, many years back. If any woman says now, I want to get a child from King Chandragupta, how is that possible? He is not in the physical body now. No matter if that woman goes and sits in the remembrance of that king, and has a lot of love and affection and devotion for him, no matter how much she tries. Still, he is not going to come and fulfill her desire. In the same way, if anyone who is sick now wants to get treatment from the great ancient physician, Lukman, how is that possible? If he will not go to the present doctor, he cannot get any help from the doctors who are living in this world many decades ago. Sant Ji, Sant Ajeb Singh, from a wonderful book called The Light of Ajeb, online these days. There are two different websites where you can access that book, which is over a thousand pages of Q&A, questions and answers about 
The Spiritual Path. It's an amazing book. No new faith, mind that. This question and answer session with Sant Kripal Singh took place at Tustin, California on December 18, 1963. The Master, the basic principles of all religions are the same. I am teaching no ism, mind that. Remain in your own faiths, but there you will have taken the first step the elementary step. It is meant for the preparation of the ground. Now you have to take the other step, the next step, which is referred to in your scriptures, but which have been forgotten. This is no new faith, no new religion, nor am I going to advocate any new religion whatsoever. There, all, there are already so many faiths existing. Do you follow me? This gathering here is a purely spiritual gathering, a common ground for all to sit together, irrespective of whether they belong to one religion or another. As man we are one, as soul we are one, and also the one whom we worship God is also the same. The other day I went to a unity church. I asked the minister, what are your teachings? He gave me a pamphlet. I read it. It said, Christ lived before Jesus. That very wording is there. Christ lived before Jesus, unquote. And what is Christ? One man came up to me when I was here the last time in 1955 and put the question to me, when is Christ returning? I told him, has he ever left you? That is the point. Christ said, I shall never leave you, nor forsake you, till the end of the world. But he has not left us. Where is this question of returning? So I read the pamphlet the other day. I've got it with me. It says, Christ lived before Jesus. Christ is the God power, or the master power, which continues to come from time to time, for the guidance of child humanity. It came even before Christ, Jesus, before Buddha or Guru Nanak or anybody. We are all his children. How can he disregard his children? Those who are born before Christ Jesus or Guru Nanak or anybody, what about their fate? And what about those who came after them? Let us assume for one moment that those who believe in them will be saved. Then what about those who came before them? Will they be doomed? Will they all be doomed? This is seen from a common sense point of view. The fact remains a fact. Any awakened man realizes that. My point is we are all children of God. The soul is of the same essence as that of God and the same controlling power is keeping us in the body. The man-body is a golden opportunity we have in which we can realize God. But to realize God, we must know ourselves first, because it is only the soul, the conscious entity, that can know God, like alone can know like.
like alone can know like. He cannot be known by the outgoing faculties, the senses, or by the intellect, or by the vital airs. These are the facts, so that God power continues, the sonship continues, the sonship continues. Kripal Singh, this question and answer session that took place in Tustin, California on December 18, 1963. Inner light and sound experiences before initiation. Coming up next. I just grabbed a copy of this book. It's a rare hard copy edition of Hazur Baba Sawan Singh's Foreign Correspondence. Letters from Sawan Singh, 1911 through 1934. I'm not sure if it was originally published by Sant Bani Ashram or Kripal Ashram in British Columbia, but it's wonderful wherever it came from. It's a wonderful thing to have this particular collection of letters in a hard copy form. There's also a PDF file of it online, but there's still something to be said for actual physical books that you can hold in your hand. And I'll read an excerpt from one letter talking about someone having inner experience before the time of initiation. As regards Mrs. G.A. hearing internal sounds, with some people it happens that they see lights and hear sounds by themselves, but there is no further progress. Hazur Baba Sawan Singh also says, At the first stage, there are ten different sounds ringing at the same time. Only two of those, i.e. that of the bell and conch that were revealed to you at initiation, have the power to take the soul upwards, while others only attract for a short time, and which give the devotee some of the so-called supernatural powers, but further progress stops. There he is referring to cities or powers. So Huzur Baba Sawan Singh here is saying that there are some sounds that benefit the soul, that will pull the soul up, but there are other sounds that you may hear that don't really do anything for you. And of course, the whole point of initiation into Surat Shabad Yoga is to know about what sounds to focus on in meditation, what lights to focus on in meditation, the beneficial lights and sounds, not just any lights and sounds within. But it is possible, as as Huzur Baba Sawan Singh was saying here, that it is possible for someone who is not initiated to hear some kind of sound going on. Put an atheist in a cave long enough and they may hear or see something within, just because the light and sound, according to the science of India, are within everyone. 
So even without initiation, if you put someone in a cave long enough, they might catch a glimpse of something. But they need the guidance of someone familiar with this inner landscape so that they might benefit and focus on the lights and sounds that lead the soul above. Inner Sound and Light Experiences Before Initiation This is from Volume 5 of The Light of Ajabe. I had the experiences of light and sound right from my childhood. And that is why in that bhajan, or hymn, I have written, O Lord, write the light of my master in my forehead and write the sound of the Almighty Lord in my ears. Even though the holy souls are able to hear the sound current in their childhood, and even though they are able to see that light, but still that light and sound cannot guide those souls up unless they meet a perfect master and unless they meditate with the guidance and instructions of a master, even though they may be seeing light and hearing these sounds, but still those lights and sounds cannot pull the soul up. Often I have said, suppose that there were tons and tons of gold and precious stones buried in your house. But if you are not aware of that, if you are living like a beggar, if you are begging for pennies outside and living your life like that, what is the use of having so much gold and precious stones, all that wealth buried in your home, if you are not able to take it out? Suppose someone comes along and helps you take out that wealth which is in your own home, and with that wealth you are able to live a comfortable life. Tell me, whom would you thank? Would you thank the gold and the other valuable things which were buried in your home and which were useless for you until you discovered them with the help of the person who knew they were there? Will you thank that wealth or the person who helped you get that wealth? I think you will definitely thank the one who helped you to discover it. Because if he had not come to you, you would not have gotten those things. Would not have gotten the treasure. In the same way, God Almighty was always present within us in the form of light and sound. But we did not know about him. We did not know. We did not know how to make contact with him. Sant G from Volume 5 of, once again, The Light of Ajeb, this thousand-page book of questions and answers on meditation and the spiritual path. And what he's describing here, the hidden treasure, that's actually what the word bijak means, the, the bijak of Kabir, a great spiritual classic of the Sant tradition of India, means the treasure and so the goal of the path of the masters is to uncover the hidden treasure, the hidden treasure of spirituality. It's there, but it's hidden, but it can be accessed by anyone if they can receive the guidance they need, not from a book, not from someone who lived thousands of years ago or many centuries ago, 
but from a living teacher that you can communicate with and get your questions answered, get your spiritual quest resolved and access the treasure here and now during this present life. Kirpal Singh. This is a, another question and answer session with Kirpal Singh Ji that took place in Tustin, California on December 18th, 1963. One of the many books and documents of Kirpal Singh online. Question. Master, would you kindly explain the principle and the importance of Simran? Simran means remembrance and also refers to the spiritual exercise of repeating names of God, a kind of prayer of the name or names. Kripal Singh. Well, it is very clear. Whom do you remember? The one whom you love. Don't you remember him? What is remembrance? It is a symbol of having love for somebody. If you have love for somebody all the time, you are remembering him. Perhaps not with your mouth, but with your heart. And whomever you want to love, remember him constantly. And that will develop love. That's all. Why do we do Simran or remembrance? The first step in this way? Because you know through the various outgoing faculties, the impressions of the outside world have been heaped up within us to overflowing capacity. Our subconscious reservoir of the mind is overflowing with worldly impressions. These impressions came by the remembrance of outward things. We want to deplete that and then fill it with the sweet remembrance of God. So much so that even in dreams we will have the same thing. Such like remembrance is the first step to deplete the subconscious reservoir of the mind which is already overflowing with the impressions or the remembrances of the world. Then the next step, truly speaking, purity of heart when nothing else is there other than love of God or remembrance of God. That is a truly pure heart and such a heart is required for someone to come up to him. So Simran is the first step done for the sake of taking up the spiritual way. They say, love God, is it not so? How? With all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. And loving God is what? You remember him. The one whom you love, naturally, his remembrance is there. Whomever you want to love, just keep him in your mind and that will react in his mind. This is but natural. That is what Christ meant when he said, let my words abide in you, and you abide in me. That first part is very clear, but how can you abide in him? When you remember someone, that naturally causes a reaction there. That's a reaction, you see. If you want to abide in him, you must only develop remembrance sweetly. When you remember him, you think of him. As you think of him, you become what he is. As you think, so you become. So this is how you can abide in me. And he says then, whatever you shall ask, you will have it. 
This is the first step. This is the principle on which this Simran, or repetition, or the sweet remembrance, call it by any name you like, is based. As you think, so you become. Yes? Kripal Singh. A Q&A session that took place in Tustin, California, long ago. About Simran, remembrance of God. And it's also referring to the spiritual practice in Sant Mat of the repetition of sacred names of God as a way to focus at the beginning of meditation practice, but also during the day, anytime, anywhere. You can do the spiritual exercise of Simran and refocus, recenter in God anywhere, anytime, bringing spiritual charge practicing the presence of God into your daily life all of the time. The ladder of the sound current connects the soul back to God Almighty with the grace of the Master. A satsang discourse by Baba Ram Singh coming up next. soul back to God Almighty. With the grace of the Master, a meditation talk, a morning talk that took place August 8th, 2016 at a spiritual retreat facilitated by Baba Ram Singh, spiritual retreat initiation and series of satsangs, many satsang talks taking place at one of his ashrams in India. Ever since God has created this whole creation and has created the human body, the human form, he has created the path to to go back. He has created the path to go back, for the soul to go back and meet God Almighty within the human form. This is not a path created by any Mahatmas, It is a path created by God Almighty Himself. It is a natural law that has made this. On the same path, saints have gone and met God Almighty with the grace of their masters. And on the same path, we can also go with the grace of our masters and meet God Almighty. There is one sound current emanating from God, coming down, but there are five planes in between, And each plane where the sound current traverses, it makes a different sound. So this ladder of the sound current is there connected within. And each step we take, each plane we cross, that same ladder is connected internally. The same sound current gets connected and goes back to God Almighty. It is on the sound current only that the soul rides and goes back to God Almighty, all which are connected within. 
But to manifest the sound current within, we have to take the help of Simran and Dion, and we have to concentrate our attention. We have to focus our attention from outside within, outside to within. And that is how we will get to manifest the sound current within. Our mind is scattered in outward-worldly thoughts, and it is continuously in the repetition of these thoughts, which are all outwardly drawn. And that is why the mind is also outwardly drawn. By doing the Simran of the Nam, the repetition of the names of God, given to us at the time of initiation, we repeat that, and the mind starts getting focused, and its attention gets focused within. When we sit for meditation, we close our eyes and then we focus our thoughts at the back of the eye center. And our faculty of visualization is also there, which also visualizes the form of the master within. And by doing Simran, we concentrate our attention and focus at the back of the eye center. Then automatically, when we sit for meditation, our attention starts getting focused on the form of the master at the back of the eye center. There are the Rishis and Munis who also do meditation, but their meditation and their focus and attention are slightly different. Instead of focusing at the back of the eye center, what they do, they start focusing on the chakras. So in the physical body, we have six chakras, and starting from the lowest chakra, they start doing the mantra. Each chakra has a mantra, and what they do is they repeat the mantras. And when a certain number of times that mantra is done, tens of thousands of times, then that chakra opens up. And that way they start progressing by opening each of the chakras and going inside and up within their body. So for them to take and open each of the six chakras and then the seventh above that and go up inside, it takes a very, very long time. Mahatmas say that when someone has to climb a mountain and he is midway standing on the mountain, there is no point in going down to the bottom of the mountain and then climbing all the way up again. Instead, he should climb upwards from where he is. So the soul is currently situated at the back of the eye center, the third eye center, seat of the soul. And therefore, saints say that you should start from there. You start focusing there and focus your attention where the soul and the master stay. That is at the back of the eye center, the third eye. So therefore, we should lovingly focus our attention and do the Simran and the Dion, that is, the contemplation of the form of the master while doing Simran at the back of the eye center. When we do this lovingly, we also start getting the grace of the Master there. A discourse by Baba Ram Singh, and then at the end, since it's a meditation talk, just before a group meditation takes place, he says, So this morning time is good. We have woken up. Our mind is fresh, and it is quiet. A quiet mind is good for meditation. So we should close our eyes and get connected to Simran, and Dion.
Today on this Sat Mat Satsang podcast, this edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio, who's qualified to answer our spiritual questions? The focus, of course, of Sat Mat, the path of the masters, is the living masters of the present time. We also have much respect for all past masters. I mean, in my library, I have most everything that has ever been translated into English by Sants of India. Going back to Nam Dev, who quotes his master, you know, right up to the living present and every single generation between, as well as my interest in comparative religion, which means I have all of these scriptures from around the world and uh, Christian mystics and Gospels no one has heard of before, all of these writings, fragments of unknown gospels from uh, the Middle East that speak of inner light and sound in some cases. A lot of fascinating material, but it all comes down to sitting at the feet of a living teacher, a living master with us now in order to become initiated into the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven getting established in our own meditation practice during this life, making spiritual progress. Wrapping up today's Satsang podcast, a bhajan, a mystic hymn of Baba Somanath. O embodied soul, Why have you still not understood? Your life is passing by. The sun rises, the sun sets, but you have done nothing. Kal, the negative power, has cast the nets of Maya. Illusion. He devours the souls. He misses no opportunity. You came vowing to meditate, but Maya has misled you and lulled you to sleep. Now the night has passed and dawn is breaking. Sit in solitude and do the Simran of Nam. Daily with regularity and true love, place your heart at the Master's feet, at the Guru's lotus feet. Withdraw into your inner mind and fix your attention in the Nam. The saint's path leads within. Follow it and become free of care. <laughs> 